Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, June 15th, and you're listening to episode 60 of the Chasing Points podcast, where your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. I'm Sam. And Sam came in really hot on that one, so you guys better take that energy and run with it. But I'm Brandon. Let's go, man. Okay. We're Here we going. are, episode 60. We are at episode 60. How are you, Sam? I'm good, man. How are you? You know, I'm dandy. Just Always doing. a pleasure to speak about the world of sports with you. So uh, we'll speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> no, it definitely is. Let's 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 go into it. Let's go. Let's get let's get into this, man. We got some stuff to talk about, and I am excited. So let's go. I think when we last spoke, the Warriors and Celtics uh, were tied up at one game apiece. Yep. The NBA Finals. Lots had it, happened since then. <laughs> a week later, we're recording this Tuesday night. You'll hear it Wednesday, or it'll be re- released Wednesday morning. And the uh, the Warriors are up three games to two. Thursday night's game at nine o'clock will be uh, in the Boston Garden and um, or TD whatever it's called. Um, yep. Hey man, do you still think the Warriors uh, win the series? As you predict, as we both predicted. Yeah, I mean, as we we said this a while ago, I jumped on that train quite early once I started seeing what they were doing, and uh, I still think they are going to win. But I got to be honest, I do not be surprised if Boston responds. This was the first time in the playoffs throughout the whole duration of the playoffs that the Celtics have lost back to back games. Um, they have not done that throughout the whole playoffs. So this is the first time that that's actually happened. Um, so I'm, I'm truly, truly, truly curious, uh, to see what happens. Does, uh, I mean, Tatum put up some, some good points. He had 27 points. He had a double, double 27 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. Um, Al Horford has pretty much been, uh, kind of non-existent since the first game. Um, I think you, you said this a few episodes ago, or maybe even the last episode about Robert Williams. You don't think he's 100%. Like he's been a phenomenal rim protector. Uh, last night, the the Warriors got a call when Steph went up and he cleanly blocked Steph. Steph dropped to the ground and they got the call. Um, but he he had 10, 10 points, uh, eight rebounds. So he is cleaning up the glass. Uh, the person that definitely did not show up well, I guess these these two people really didn't show up. I'll even say I'm going to say four people that really need to show up within this next game. Number one, and probably the most important out of the four I'm going to say, is Jalen Brown. Uh, he had 18 points. That'd be good on during a regular season game. It's not a regular season game. It's NBA Finals. Uh, he had nine rebounds, so he was close to having a double-double um, and four assists. Marcus Smart actually did drop 20 points, but that should the production should be coming more from Jalen. And what I mean by that is he needs to be attacking the rack way more than what he was doing. Um, And he was settling for too many shots. But I'll get into why I believe that game plan has kind of changed. And it's due with certain people being on the court for uh, the Warriors. Uh, Marcus Smart adding 20 points is great if Jalen is adding another 26 to that that makes them way harder to defend um Derek white has went back to his normal self of disappearing grant, grant williams there. he dropped one point and grant williams dropped three points so mm-hmm. uh those are the four that i truly believe need to to step up but we'll go to this, the the warrior side real quick so the person that had the out-of-body experience the game of his life uh, getting wiggy with it. Andrew Wiggins dropped 26 points, 13 rebounds, two assists. Huge, 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 huge. And just hearing Clay post game talking about when he dunks, how it basically invigorates the whole team. They love when he does it and he stares people down. Uh, and it's crazy to see like his demeanor on the court and how aggressive he is because he's definitely has a calm, quiet demeanor off the court so he comes alive there uh clay clay came alive in this game and i think you're gonna see game six clay in this next one so i think everybody's talking about steph clay loves to come alive in game sixes so i would not be surprised if he did uh but him adding 21 points uh was definitely a huge help uh because they definitely needed it this week being or this game excuse me being that steph in the first time in his playoff history went 
over from three. Yes, the greatest shooter ever did not hit one three-pointer in this. And I definitely think he's playing hurt. Yeah. Or and not. And again, we've said this several times throughout the last 60 episodes, 50, whatever. No one's 100% mm-hmm. now, but he's he's dealing with something. But just the amount of attention that you need to put on Steph Curry when he's on the floor, just the way he maneuvers in and out, he could, he's still driving the ball yep to the rim he still demands all this attention it's it's helping guys as it has all year and and throughout this run like the wiggins the pools open looks for clay and um you know gary payton uh it's it's you know the amount of attention that you need to give to steph is part of just part of it even if he's not on you know it's crazy well, I mean, I don't, I don't think the Celtics believe that Steph is not going to be on the next game. I think right. they believe that Steph is going to come out uh, guns blazing, uh, but I also think that's Clay is going to as well. Uh, but there's there's some expatriates here, and you mentioned one. And as I said before, there's some people that played a huge part in this game. That if they continue to play this way for the next game, or even if it goes to Game Seven. Uh, the the Warriors will surely win. Uh, one is Gary Payton. The second, uh, his defense alone, yeah, is has been just just knowing this guy's story. He just wanted to be in the NBA. He almost was the video guy for the Warriors. He actually was cut by the Warriors previously, and then brought back. Uh, been in so many different G League teams been on the Lakers, cut from the Lakers, put on their G League team, so many teams, and they finally get the opportunity. He's been a key piece uh, for this Warriors team, and I don't think he's going to leave this team for a while because he's found a home. Uh, but his defensive presence has flustered the the Jalen Browns and Jason Tatums of the world. They're still going to get their points because they're just good players, but they're not able to get into their groove because they have the gnat in, in their ear 24-7. And yeah. it's it's ironic that, he, I mean, well, it's not even ironic. He's his, his, his father's son. Um, so yeah. it, it, it plays out that way. Um, the other person who literally stat line was 14 points, uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, when he starts scoring, watch out. That half-court shot literally was what started everything to down the downfall for the Celtics. Like the Celtics could have won this game, but that shot pretty much turned the momentum completely around. And it was done from that point. Um, But the other person that I am purposely saving for the end that finally showed up, that finally had the stat line that he normally would have and had the productivity that doesn't even show up on a stat line is Mr. Loudmouth himself a phenomenal podcast, though? I will say that. Uh, Draymond Green. Uh, his stat line was eight points, six assists, seven rebounds, and that does not include how he played defensively, uh, how he was a disruptor, uh, how he was that energy on both ends of the court. This is the Draymond that we've seen of old, uh, so he's going to need to pull it out for I'm hoping just the next game. So this, this series is done because I think it's going to be done, but he might need to do it for two. But that was the Draymond Green that I was hoping to see. And I'm glad we finally got to see it. So I've said enough, Sam. What are your thoughts from here, uh, from this game, and going forward? This game has been so much. You mentioned momentum with the, uh, the half-court shot there. Uh, but this game's been so much of momentum and really just how the Celtics have played all year, all, you know, since January and, and or February, whenever the light switch turn on and they turn into a, a efficient, just aggressive defense. And that's really carried them at times where they, you know, weren't able to score at the capacity that we both know that they can. Um, it's, they've had they've come out like just sluggish at times they've come out like there's been even the heat series and the buck series you know they've just they've had these like blowout kind of games and they've been on both sides of it i think they're a 
think that, I mean, everyone's tired. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they got blown out at home on Thursday, but I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to, you know, give the Warriors a fight and send this thing back to San Francisco. Um, I, I really don't know what to expect because it's just been, they've been so like up and down at times, really. I mean, they, you know, after game one, you just, the momentum that they had at the beginning of the fourth quarter there, the end of the third quarter, you'd figure they'd carry that into game two and, and Steph was ready and the team was ready and they, you know, um, it's it's interesting i you know again i i'm not going to be surprised regardless of what happens but i think the warrior my question to you that you kind of answered um and you know i would not be surprised if the warriors just end this thing on thursday Mm -hmm. that's that's your question to me is if they're gonna yeah or or will they i guess that's more or less the question that's right on the sheet in front of you but um more or less like i i wouldn't be surprised if they just end this thing on thursday I think I think uh, they will. Um, there's a lot of factors, as I've listed, pretty much all of them. Uh, but I do do believe that the Warriors. I don't think Steph is going to allow that to happen. Um, I think he's going to have another one of those games. But I also think this is going to be an extremely close game, and I'm going to call overtime. Where? I'm going to call yeah. overtime. I I know we both don't believe in this like Steph needs. He's got three rings. He doesn't need a, a finals MVP. I think that's just I mean, we you know, we give the honest dive here and we try to see through the BS and you know, he doesn't need it. It would be nice. I think he wants it. I think he already should have had one. Well, um, to be fair, I I think he he does. And he doesn't so? he doesn't to your fact. To your point, I mean, he's yeah, he's already on the pantheon of yes, like, yes, but I think this NBA puts players. him, yeah, this puts him in rare air, puts him in elite air, uh, being a guy his size, his stature, being able to do what he's done and get all of these accolades. So when he finally takes that, that last, you know, last dribble on the court, last shot, last game, last second, you know, it, it this will solidify everything so that's this point forward i mean he's already a hall of famer but oh no this doubt. is going to put him in elite status for those that are even doubting him or were on the fence like at this point in time he can essentially be like what what are you going to say now like there's nothing you can say about me at all i did all the things that you said i couldn't do and i continue to do so what are you going to say now so i think just for that i hope he does it so he can shut up a lot of people because the blue eye assassin has been uh, has been doing his thing for quite some time and people need to, to show that man some respect. There you go. Well said. Yeah. So <laughs> let's um, real quick, the game, the next game is Thursday, 9 PM. As Sam mentioned, uh, I'm really getting tired of having to stay up to midnight. I'm tired of being tired. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to, I have work in the morning. I got to wake up and I wake up to go to the gym at five 30 in the morning. Like this, that's literally I'm losing sleep and I'm the most drained I possibly am the next day. So mind you, while we're recording this podcast, this happened. The game was last night. I woke up this morning to go to the gym at five 30, worked a whole day, came directly into this you are killing me. So thank God the finals is over this week so I can get some rest again. Thank God. Can't wait. I love it so much. I don't want it to be gone. I don't want to have to wait, but I want my sleep, Sam. <laughs> I need my hey, sleep. Man, so. I can't blame you. Yeah. Can't blame me at all. Um, a point that I, I brought up before we uh, were recording, talking about Steph and the MVP. Mm-hmm. There's a solid chance that if Steph doesn't win MVP, maybe he lays an egg the next two games or the next game, that Andrew Wiggins could be your 2022 NBA Finals MVP. Lord, no. Lord, no. Imagine saying that three years ago <laughs> over Steph Curry. I, I still can't imagine it saying it now. So, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Wild. That that would be, uh, yeah, that would be wild. But uh, you know what is also wild? The NFL, because it doesn't sleep. 
Uh, and it continues to go on even when there's not a game that's happening. And it's uh, it's quite amazing that this is like the only sport in our country that continues to be the headline when off season. Uh, so there's no way that this is not the sport of our country. Uh, it's definitely our America's pastime now. I'm sorry, baseball. Uh, but let's get into it, Sam. Uh, yes, if you guys thought we were done talking about Aaron Rodgers, you were wrong. And so uh, Devonta Adams came out and said what we thought. I know Sam and I talked about this off air. Um, I think we even talked about it on here, if I remember correctly, uh, that Aaron Rodgers looming retirement was part of the reason that he left. Uh, Sam, I mean, this should be essentially this is going to be an honorary. Do you care? Um, <laughs> we should just call it uh are you surprised? Um, are you surprised that Devonte has come out and said this um, and, and made it very clear that this is one of the reasons that he left amongst, you know, many others? I don't see how you can't. Um, I don't see how you can't make this about uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers in a way. I mean, you're looking you're Devonte Adams. You're looking at the future of this franchise. Rodgers has a three or four year contract. He's taken it year by year. Do you he might be your boy, he might be your quarterback, he might be the reason that you will probably be in Canton one day, but like he's probably got to be sick of the media attention and the speculation all years possible. He's made such a big deal about being reunited with his college quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh D- Derek Carr. I almost said David Carr. Um <laughs> Derek Carr that it's kind of like it's almost like a slap to Aaron Rodgers in a way the fact that he keeps bringing up I know they're they're really close that's awesome I'm sure he's got a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers but why you know what is the legitimate um, window for these Green Bay Packers yeah Matt LaFleur brings his team to 13 and 3 13 and 4 whatever it is every year but like I can't just based on what this team is how they're constructed now and the nfc is is has more opening than i think it's had in the past but like what's the realistic window for this packers team i don't know i I, do you see that you see that and that with being able to get your money and play in vegas and play with your friends and playing an offense like uh josh mcdaniels could create i mean yeah sure but yeah, I, I don't know if I'd want to tie myself to that sinking ship or just deal with the BS of Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, if let's just put it, let's let's break it down to not even sports. If I'm sitting here and we you and I are doing this podcast together, Sam, all the time, and I keep hearing hearing you say, like, you know, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. Or, you know, I, I gotta make my decision, I gotta figure out what I wanna do. No offense to you, Sam. I'm not waiting for you to figure out what the hell you want to do, right? I know what I want to do, and I'm going to continue to do that. That's nothing against you. I just know where I want to go, and I'm not going to let another person dictate to me or uh, steer me to where they want to go and just sit around and wait on my hands, right? I'm, I'm not going to do that, right? So I can understand his perspective of, yes, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks that we will ever see, right? We we know this, right? But we're also still humans. <laughs> and at the end of the day, Devonta Adams has a family to feed, right? And he's also going to a guy that is not a bad quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers, right? He's not a bad quarterback. They were a playoff team. They were close to getting to the AFC championship, correct? Right. So they have a chance. He could be that missing piece to get over the hump, right? Yes. The AFC, as you mentioned, is going to be way tougher than it already was. <laughs> so it's just going to get more tough. Right. Uh, but Especially yeah, the West, right? Yes, the for Chiefs, sure. For sure. Know, Chargers reloaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos got a franchise quarterback. Yes. But in, in all that I'm saying about Aaron Rodgers being one of the best that we've ever seen as a quarterback, Devontae Adams is one of the best that we've ever seen as a wide receiver. Yeah, so no doubt, he, no doubt. He changes any team to where he goes, right? Which I know Aaron Rodgers is probably kicking himself too. Like, damn, like, I I, I kind of did this to myself too, 
right? I I sat here and I waited and Adams went inside a five-year, uh, $141.25 million contract with the Raiders, right? So he, uh, leaving a, a rumored 200 mil on the table with Green Bay, right? Because they could afford to, to pay him more. I, I don't blame him at all. I, I mean, I see it. I get it. Um, and also, it's Vegas. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, I mean, quality of life is important. Yeah, yeah. You can it's, when it's, the money stacks up. It's like it's the same thing with the next guy we're about to talk about. Like mm-hmm. the like the the New York Jets were about to give Tyreek Hill the same amount of money as the Dolphins. Yes, and he wanted to be where I think he's from South Beach or or from the Florida area. I could be wrong. I think he lives there now. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, he wanted to go to Miami. I can't blame him for wanting to go to Miami. Definitely no. not. Uh, no. But that said, our boy, your boy, none of our boys, <laughs> definitely not. Tyreek Hill says that Tua Tagovailoa is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. What? Yeah, he's. Uh, they need to drug test him <laughs> immediately. There's no doubt in my mind they need to drug test his man immediately because the fact that he f- says that Tua, who is accurate, tongue of Iloa, my bad. My bad. I said Vibin? tag of Iloa, it's tongue of Iloa, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my bad. My bad. E- even though Tua is accurate, uh, he is. He, he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? The Tua, Tua doesn't even stack up to Justin Herbert, who he came in the same class with. So let's just let's keep let's keep that or use that for a perspective here. Um, there, there's, <laughs> I, I get it. You're, you're trying to boost up your guy, get your guy going, but you're at the same time, you're putting a lot of pressure on your guy too, while you're doing that. I've thought a lot about this. Mm-hmm. You, you sent me this clip earlier in the week. And do you think it has anything to do? I know, um, you know, I know Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith were t- talking about the differences between Mac Jones and Tua. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that Tua is a lefty? And I think he may be the only lefty in the NFL. And I don't know of many left-handed quarterbacks in college. Do you think that has anything to do with the ball coming out of his hand or just maybe a, you know, I don't know, um, just a different perspective running your routes with a left-handed quarterback? Guys, you, I'm just saying, like, do I think it affects Tua? Or... No, or do you think that in some way, like, Tyreek Hill is... I mean, just looking at Tua being a left-handed quarterback and the ball coming out differently and may think that he's, since it's a new kind of perspective, do you think it's a different feeling for Tua and he thinks it's more accurate or something? I don't know. I have no idea. I think Tyreek Hill is looking at his insides because his head is still in his ass for just making this (laughs) comment. That's what I think he's looking at, Sam. I don't, there's there's no other there's no other logic for that outside of this man has absolutely lost his damn mind to think or even mention two in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes like I just yeah. just stop it like just stop it like it's there's not even close like they've the way that Patrick Mahomes has been spoken about since he's come into the league is like he's the uh, the second coming of Jesus. Uh, so uh, I, it, it's just like, I, I don't, I it's wish cr- two of the, I wish two of yeah. the best. I don't, I never, I never really knew what the hype was about when it came to Tua. Like, I know he came in, replaced my guy, Jalen, right. And whatnot. And won the, the national championship, right. Great. Got it. But since he's been in the NFL, I mean, yes, he plays for the Miami Dolphins. Um, but I just don't have any faith in him. Like, I don't even I don't feel that way about Trevor Lawrence and he plays for the Jags. Right. I feel like he can do something. I think, you know, the hype for Tua coming out of Alabama, despite the hip injury, was like this kid's gonna be really good. I mean, the the comps were I mean, co- pro comps are ridiculous, but yeah. There was a lot. I mean, just knowing Drew Brees' game, there's a lot of Drew Brees and Tua. I mean, size-wise, yeah, but just the accuracy. Yes, he was billed as a very accurate quarterback. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when you're when you in college and you are in the SEC and you have that offensive line and you have the guys that he's been throwing to for years, you can be 
one of the more accurate passers in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think there's a lot of slander on Tua. I don't, I mean, I would say aside from those ducks, those videos that we're seeing him throw in training camp or whatever OTAs, whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, you know, I want to give him, he's got, he's got no excuses now. No, he's got like the fastest team in the league. They've given him weapons everywhere, boosted the offense. They got studs in the, uh, on defense, you know, a creative play caller, at least. I don't know if he'll be a good head coach, but Mike McDaniel is, a, you know, comes from that Kyle Shanahan West coast offense. I think it'll definitely tailor to, to, to his game. We'll see. He's got no excuses. Year three, man. Here we go. I, I, I yeah, I, I will, we'll stay on Tyreek real quick because uh, he, he essentially said, that he tried to stay with the Chiefs. And then the Devontae Adams contract came in and that changed it all. So I'll read the quote from him. He said, I tried my best. I talked to the big man, Andy Reid. I talked to the quarterback. I'm like, look, can we make something happen? Can we can we make something happen? Can the guarantee money make sense to me? Can it make sense to my family, please? Right. So this is what he's he's saying that he said. Um, I know his agent uh, was that Drew Rosenhaus. Probably. Yeah, yeah. this is Rosenhaus. So it's it's him who I can't stand. Um, he he had. I just think things. of T.O. doing push-ups or yes. sit-ups in yes. his driveway. Yeah. Involved with every controversial wide receiver. Yeah like in the past 20 years. Um, <laughs> I, I just, if you really wanted this to work, Tyreek, and I'm sure they could have done something to truly restructure, but I don't think he really wanted to wait. Like I said, when he saw um, Adams get the contract that he got, he was like, I know I can get paid, right? And the two teams that could pay him was Sam's Jets and the Miami Dolphins. For Sam's Jets, I'm very happy they didn't do it because they would have paid a lot of money. And I don't think, yes, I know he's the fastest wide receiver in the league, might be the fastest player ever uh, to be in the league, uh, but I don't think you pay somebody that much because it it handcuffs you, right? Um, now, both teams can do it because they have rookie deals on their quarterbacks. True, I just don't true. think, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't think Zach Wilson's uh, maybe it'll help him a lot, but I don't think it's in the situation where you pay the huge percentage of your cap to a wide receiver yeah, in yeah. or out of his prime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a game changer. And, and no doubt if uh, Tyree kills the top three receiver in this league, you see Devonte Adams get paid. You want to get paid for so doing the same job, Brandon, we're got the same accolades and, same kind of talent and you're getting big bucks. I, I want it too. You know, it's just like, just it, it's how it goes. So, I mean, I can't blame them there, but yeah, I, 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 to our last point too, like I'd rather live in South beach too. <laughs> I can't blame him. I definitely cannot blame him for that. And he is from Florida, by the way, but yes, um, I would speaking not. of Florida, look at the segues. Yeah. You know, um, go ahead. Lead us hey up. man, Bruce Arians, the, uh, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said he'd probably still be coaching if Tom Brady didn't come back. He did essentially I'm paraphrasing here, but he didn't want to leave Todd Bowles, his defensive coordinator. And now the head coach of the Bucks in a position with a rebuilding team, essentially without Tom Brady. That's mm-hmm. just, again, speaks to the kind of guy Bruce Arians is. He's very progressive, has all types of, people backgrounds genders on his team on his coaching staff and he's just very open-minded and he takes care of his guys bryce uh bryson uh byron left which has been with him for a long time todd bowles has been in and out with him for a long time and uh you know he's, he's taking care of his guys and yeah um you know he's set talk about set up people for success i mean you got a hungry tom brady no matter how old he is, I'll, I'll take those odds, you know. Uh, I mean, here's another diva quarterback who is the greatest of all time. 
that has decided it has been back and forth about his decision, literally retired and then came back. Um, that has let certain people leave because they didn't know they thought he was gone, so on and so forth. Still don't know if Gronk's coming back, but this is about Bruce, right? So I know there's somewhere in Bruce that he was probably not here for the circus because he's a straightforward guy, right? And he likes to get right to it and know what he has. Uh, but as you mentioned, I think it's super commendable uh, that he didn't want to leave Todd Bowles in a situation like that with Todd's second opportunity. Todd wasn't a bad coach in, when he was with the Jets. He was not a bad coach. Um, and and just watching some, some defensive uh, head coaches, those teams seem to make less mistakes, all right? They seem to make less mistakes. They're, they're more protective. Uh, of the football, uh, less penalties, so on and so forth, right? Um, so I think with having the the knowledge that he once had as a, as a head coach, which obviously doesn't go away, and now, you know, being so close to the game and knowing it and learning it even more than he already had with now the knowledge of being a head coach, I think this time around is going to be great for him. And I think you're going to see a different team. I'll go as far to say is that I think the Bucks are going to be better with him as the head coach. Um, that is going to be my, uh, my hot take there. I think he, they're going to be better, um, even defensively and they weren't a bad defensive team already. So no, I had a great team. I think, I think that will be, uh, you'll see his, his true stamp. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're at the end fighting for, uh, you know, the chip. There you go. Hey, uh, speaking of a team that won't be fighting for championship, I think we've spoken more about hockey in the last couple of weeks than we have for the last 59 episodes, but uh, the Rangers are beloved Rangers after being up two games to none in the Eastern conference finals to the Tampa Bay lightning, the two time defending champion lightning. They uh, ended up losing. They so, did. It hurt. Yeah, that was a bummer. Uh, you know, I still, love the nucleus of this team they're young they've got some experience now and hopefully they'll be back but it it you know the lightning showed how why and how they're a two-time defending champion back to back so kudos to the rangers uh the lightning take on the avalanche after they swept the oilers uh last week so good luck to the uh Guys in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> yeah, if the Lightning, we probably won't talk about it. If, if the Lightning, yeah, we're definitely not going to talk about it. The Lightning repeat again for a third time in a row. That's that's a crazy dynasty. Yeah, just, just to do that, any winning once is hard enough. Winning twice is extremely hard, and winning three times is damn near impossible. Um, so, kudos to them if they're able to pull it off for sure. Um, but the Avalanche are no slouches, but. This is the uh, we'll put the uh, red bow in this one because we're definitely not going to talk about this going forward. So uh, what we will be talking about going forward is this whole live golf against PGA drama. This is the most I think I've heard golf talked about my whole entire life, Sam, Um, outside of the uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka rivalry. This is the most I've ever heard uh, any sporting channel talk about golf, period. Um, so I'll let you take the lead on this one because I know you watched uh, a little, little. Uh, I guess. There's a couple. I read some articles. Yeah. They're um, outside the lines. Jeremy Schaap did a, a thing about it over the weekend. Um, I've listened to some podcasts on it. I know uh, kudos to you wanted to talk about this last week or the week before. And I was like, I've heard about it. I have nothing going on. All right. I've, I've read or heard nothing about it really other than the headlines. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we do here. We don't just talk out of our ass. So yes, yes. Um, essentially uh, there is a new golf tour that has been, that has sprouted up called the live L I V. Um, you know, golf tour, whatever it's called. And it's essentially funded uh, solely by the country of Saudi Arabia. And they have been alleged to um, uh, enact or or participate in something called sports washing, which is essentially 
doing this to help, you know, to fund sporting events, teams, franchises, leagues, put money towards goodwill things and things like this um, to help wash away their tarnished reputations. And in this case, um, you know, we don't need to go on about the atrocities that yep. uh, happen and have happened and are happening in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're they're here on the, uh, you know, on American soil, uh, uh, international soil, taking or or um, rather giving out money to some of the top golfers in the world and asking them to play in their tour um so the likes of you just mentioned to phil mickelson's the big name dustin johnson of course patrick reed sergio garcia ian poulter uh lee westwood um uh graham mcdowell and, and other names have all signed on or are signing on to be a part of this league and the pga tour has essentially uh fought back and said fine you can go play with them but you are suspended from the tour you cannot take part in any tour um events or you know any kind of partnership with the pga tour but then it's rumored that and and phil didn't really shoot this down that phil phil mickelson's getting paid about you know allegedly 200 million Mm dollars to take part in this league there's rumor that dustin johnson is making up to 50 million dollars um and there's certainly a lot of money to be made for these golfers and they've taken their lumps as far as being a part of a league funded by you know the saudi arabia um and uh it'll be interesting to kind of see how this works out uh phil is participating in the u.s open because i found out today i didn't even know this that the uh the four majors for the pga tour are not um like really are are kind of lended out to the pga tour they they're going to be allowed to still participate in the masters in the open championship to the u.s open and um the other one's blanking on me right now uh did i say the masters it doesn't matter um but yeah man it's uh you know the president's cup president's cup is also part of that right yeah nay no, that's a PGA tournament, I think. Masters, Open Championship, US Open. I'm missing one. I'm to- oh PGA Championship. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that one is. I don't know. Uh regardless. Um, yeah, Phil's Phil was at Media Day today or yesterday for the US Open. He's gonna participate. So mm-hmm. yeah, man. Uh, I, I don't know what more to be said. I know we we are on the same kind of uh wavelength here as far as uh what this situation is but you know what are your uh two cents or or whatnot so i just think it's i think it's it's also a bad look for the pga to try to ban these players right i don't i know that live is backed by uh, the Saudi sovereign money and all that stuff like that. And I know, as you mentioned, all the atrocities have gone and I don't agree with, with jumping ship, but these players are doing what they love to do anyway. And they're getting paid handsomely from my understanding. Right. Um, it, it's not a good look for the PGA to try to just flat out and suspend these guys. Here's why, at least in my opinion. It sounds like the PGA wants no competitors at all, right? That they want to have a monopoly on the sport of golf and nothing else can exist. Well, I'm sorry, Sam, I'm not to you. I know you understand and will understand my perspective is I'm not the type of person that you're just going to tell me that I can't do something just because you want to have all the rights to it, right? You're not going to be able to tell me that I can't do something. So I understand the perspective that these guys want to go and get paid. And if it's a tournament that they're playing in and they're still coming back to the PGA, uh, I I don't understand why the PGA just doesn't just, you may not agree with it, 
but you're gonna this is a slip this potentially is an extremely slippery slope because you can lose a lot of these good young players to go over there for uh a huge paycheck and let's be honest these guys are playing the sport because they love it but they're also paying it to get paid yeah the first the <laughs> first uh, event was over the weekend in portland and the purse was like over four million dollars and that was the largest purse in um in competitive golf so that's nuts um think about that and phil you know phil said over four times in press conferences he doesn't condone any of these actions by the the saudi saudi government but he's doing it to essentially he feels and i don't know exactly the reasoning but there needs to be reform within the pga tour whether it's how these players make their money off the off the uh, course i'm not sure to those specifics but he cited several times that he's doing this to help bring to light like uh um you know changes to how the tour operates um i've also heard this perspective that imagine another basketball league i mean there's no competition for any of these major sports leagues right there's basketball overseas the products aren't near product isn't nearly as good Mm -hmm. Uh, baseball leagues across you know football everything uh but imagine taking you know like the top 25 30 players in the nba and you know luring them over to another league like what does that do it's kind of like the um what was that league in the 80s with the football football the usfl where like jim kelly steve young went over there it's like which is bad by the way but yeah yeah uh yeah you're right um but you know how this will all turn out i'm not i'm not really sure it's definitely a shake-up to to sports as we know it for sure yeah i think it's it's the the wealthy getting scared like again you have a monopoly on a sport just like as you mentioned which well said by the way um but it's it's letting them know that you're not the only place that we can go and play now there's options i don't have to stay with you Right. It, all it takes is a Rory to go over there, a Brooks Kepka to go over there. Um, obviously, I don't I don't believe Tiger is going to go there because Tiger knows his, his bread is buttered here um, with the PGA. Um, but it just takes some of these young up and coming names just to go over there and be like, I'm getting paid more to go over there and I still get to do what I love. OK, I'm still getting to play. Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah and I'm you're still, right. And Phil's taking the lumps for everybody. Yep. So like the, the morality of this or lack thereof and these players kind of blindly just taking the money and saying, you know, you know, I have a price just like, you know, I, I will compromise my whatever for for money. Um, Phil's taking those lumps like Bryson DeChambeau entered shortly after all the other names were announced i haven't heard him get anything you know any kind of criticism so like you know as this goes on people are going to care and talk about it less and less like everything and it's you know it's unfortunately it will just be normalized just like everything else is unfortunately Uh, so that'll be interesting to see too to your point does the rory's the speeps the kepkas of the world you know kind of find interest in this when they can make more money and still participate in and still win a green jacket and still, you know, go to the, the British Open and do everything else, you know? Well, I think you, if you haven't seen it, you should watch Brooks Kepka's, uh actual interview that he had. And they were asking him at the U.S. Open about Liv. And he was basically saying, like, I don't get in my car and, and look in the rear view and just stare in the rear view the whole time. He's like, that event happened this past weekend. Like, we're not talking about it because he kept getting drilled by the reporters about what he thought about yeah. Liv and he essentially didn't want to talk about it. Right. He was like, we, we've been driving this into the ground, like for way too long. He was just like, essentially saying like, who cares? Like, you're not going to get a right? quote out of me. You're not going to get a hot take out of yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're going to try to push this on me. Like it just doesn't matter. Right. So yes, Roy McRoy said something. Tiger said something. Uh, Brooks have said something. Spieth, uh, uh, Justin Thomas, um, so, so on and so forth. Um, but I, I just truly believe like, it's kind of, I, I think the PGA is just reacting with suspending these guys because it, it's just like, 
you have, let's just say you have like all the toys that dumb it down. You have all the toys in your sandbox. And then somebody comes over and says, you know what? I'm going to take the best toys over here real quick or some of the best toys over here. So you don't have all of them, but you know, you can still have that. We'll gradually take and we'll see. We'll show you that I can, I can do something with these. And, and then you're looking like, well, I want all my toys back. They're my toys. Right. So it's, it does not look good on the PGA for trying to spend players, like let them play. It's not doing anything to you. They're still coming back to play for you. Like, it's not like they're not, you know, yeah, but you look at it like, I mean, it is, it can hurt the PGA tour. I mean, the travelers championships coming up in Cromwell, Connecticut mm-hmm. in a couple weeks. And these guys won't be playing in it. I mean, not that it gets the hugest names, but some of these guys have attended that tournament. They're not going to, they're not going to be there. And that could, you know, if you're a big Phil guy or, um, you know, DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson's one of the biggest names mm-hmm. in golf, like yep. Patrick Reed, you're, they're not there. Like, could that hurt the, you know, ratings and, and attendance? Sure. Yeah. But I think, I think ultimately they'll figure this thing out and the, the PGA tour will kind of rescind some of, of what they've been doing just to, there'll be some kind of like. It's just it's just a knee jerk reaction from them right now, honestly. Yeah. They they feel they have to react because they feel something slipping away and they they're feeling insecure right now. That's that's really the bottom line of it. They're feeling insecure right now. They don't want to lose that. It's a business at the end of the day. So you don't want to lose what you have that's making you profitable. And I understand it, but this is this is going to continue to get interesting. So I, I know we'll keep updating you guys as we go forward, but that is more than enough golf that I like to talk about. Yeah, I know hockey right and now. golf. What the hell's going on? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just the player empowerment era has entered the PGA tour. I never yep. thought I'd hear that. Yep. Uh, hey, it's speaking of, I mean, just to highlight some good news. Do you want to do our new segment? Honorable mention. Let's go. There we go. Our girl, Sabrina Inescu was named the WNBA Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Nice don't ask me who the Western Conference Player of the Week was. I don't know, but Sabrina has averaged 22-9-9 and over the last week for the Liberty. And, and, that, uh, and that lovely triple-double the other day, which I absolutely love, so good, she's good for hitting, her. She's dropping buckets from all over the court, dude. There's like, she's like 10 feet off of the three-point line and just throwing in throwing in dimes there like i mean there's no way if you didn't think she was going to be a baller you're out of your mind so yeah. i definitely got to get to a game to see her play Hell i yeah. got to get me a liberty jersey because they're fire so i definitely need there we go one or two colorways so yeah for sure just a, something you know again the the genesis of the segment was brandon and i just sharing crazy things or just kind of highlighting positive things in sports one that we'll we'll share an Instagram story to each other or something like that. How about this? Our Yankees, Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton, have as of Sunday thirty seven home runs combined. That's seven more than the Detroit Tigers. That's I mean the Detroit Tigers suck. So yeah. well, that's the point. <laughs> There's there they suck a lot, and the Yankees don't. Um, yeah, I just I just like the trend that they're they're on. The crazy thing is, I need to get to another game, and I'm they're playing tonight, right? Uh, Tampa Bay, yep. Yeah, so I definitely need, gonna get watch. Cole's on the mound. Yeah, so Cole versus Kluber. Yeah, this, that'll be good. Good times. Good times. Yeah, we got to get. We got to we gotta get to a game soon. I agree. Uh, that's that's a a must. That's for sure. Uh, our boy, your former he- uh, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And current assistant coach of the Golden State Warriors, Kenny Atkinson, will soon join the Charlotte Hornets as their next head coach. They got a phenomenal coach. Yeah. They got a phenomenal coach that that can definitely help LaMelo scheme things up uh, and help him grow and become a systematic player uh, because he has the talent to to do whatever he wants with the ball. But just playing in a, a system that will be as organized as Kenny, I think it'll be absolutely phenomenal and i'm super happy that kenny finally got another uh chance because he should have never again been fired as a head coach but you know katie and Kyrie say they don't they can do without a coach and they go and get steve nash who has not been proven and here we are so yeah there we are uh we talked last week about lebron becoming a billionaire we cited that we thought mj and maybe tiger were the only billionaires in sports well it turns out tiger became a billionaire this week kudos to tiger 
Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all, as I wear my Tiger Woods red Nike shirt. There you go, Sunday. Um, but yeah, Tiger's I'm lurking. Super, super, super happy. I mean, the only reason that I ever watched golf was because of this man. So, uh, and I'm sure plenty of people that look like me uh, also watched it because we finally had somebody that looked like us playing. So, um, I, I, I know he's been through so much good, bad in between, whatever the case may be, but, uh, this man is an absolute living legend and, uh, anything that I hear positive for him, I'm super rooting for him. So. Absolutely. And I know you'll share the same sentiments about our next topic here because Serena Williams is going to be back and she'll be, uh, in Wimbledon, which, um, probably starts very soon i know it culminates around fourth of july um but yeah I, i'm sure you could say the same thing especially being uh you know an african-american about about serena williams and the impact that she's not only had on tennis and sports but just you know culture and and the world because she's the goat well she's she's the greatest as you just mentioned the greatest tennis player female tennis player ever so I, I there's nothing more i need to say from that she is literally the greatest ever so absolutely absolutely love her um kudos to her uh yeah super 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 happy for her um that she's back uh mom and all i'm sure she's going to whip some ass so uh shout outs to her do you think drake could really beat her with his with her left hand no no, I don't think she, he's got a chance. No. I always think about that. I'm like, no, not at all. That no shot. Uh, you added this one. Uh, you've added several of these, but you added this one. I'll let you take it. The International Boxing Hall of Fame inductees were announced for this upcoming year. You want to take a shot at that? Well, it's it's a very very interesting one because it's Loaded. three classes. So it's the 2020 class, the 2021 class, uh, 2022 class. Uh, and the main attraction uh, is Floyd Mayweather Jr., uh, undefeated, probably one of my favorite boxers of all time. Um, definitely top three for me. Uh, the first has to be Muhammad, second is Tyson, and then third is Floyd. Um, but absolutely phenomenal to see that he's a part of that. But I'm going to run down some other phenomenal names on here and That's i'll just do them list, pretty huh? quickly bernard hopkins who is basically still fighting um <laughs> he, yeah he finally stopped fighting thank god um you got sugar shane mosley who could have beat floyd um you had vladimir klitsko who was running the heavyweight uh division for quite some time andre ward who's also undefeated as i mentioned my favorite boxer of all time his daughter layla ali phenomenal boxer um in her own right you have miguel Cotto, roy jones jr um and i want to mention this name because i talk about mma a lot on here but holly holmes if you weren't aware that she was a boxer before she did her thing in mma she used to knock people out there too i had no um, idea yeah she's she's she has hands there's there's a reason why it translated over to mma but yeah she's it's crazy that she's a, a hall of famer in boxing and she's going to be a Hall of Famer in MMA as well, too. So that should say a lot about that. Uh, there's a lot of other great names on here, but I kind of wanted to highlight it with, with those names for sure. Um, but, yeah, I I did see a little clip of what Floyd said, and I'm, it was super, super touching. Uh, if you have the chance, definitely watch it. Um, I, as I said to my my buddy, my, my big brother, I was talking to him about this yesterday, um, I, I know a lot of people see Floyd and they see him doing all the flashy stuff. Right. And they, a lot of people talked bad about Floyd and said in the latter years of his career that he ran a lot and whatnot. Well, a in boxing, the objective is to hit and not get hit. So that's number one. Um, but I don't think people talk about what Floyd has done for a lot of the young great boxers that are boxing right now. Um, I don't think they talk about how he's tried to revitalize boxing and bring money back and teach these young guys how to handle their money and grow businesses. I don't think they talk about that enough. All they talk about is Floyd, you know, betting and trash talking and all that. But 
Floyd knows how to sell a fight. And, and the wrestling world is called cutting the promo. He knows how to do that and sell a fight. It's exactly what Jake Paul is doing right now and why he's getting paid so much money and the people that are fighting him are getting paid so much money and want to be on those undercards is because he's selling a fight, right? And that's what you're supposed to do to get that money, right? Regardless if you like it or not, he is one of the most talented boxers that you will ever see in your whole entire life. Uh, but I, I think he needs to get talked about more for what he does outside of the ring as well. Um, so I just wanted to say that before we, we moved on. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, just a bunch of legends on this. On this, So they, they didn't do the inductions for three years, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming, because yeah. of COVID. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that'll be a cool weekend for the sport. Um, and a sport that definitely has lacked some star power especially since Floyd and that generation has kind of hung it up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, new segment. You ready? And by the way, it, it happened too already. So. Oh, it already happened. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. (laughs) Just want to make sure people aren't waiting for it. It happened. (laughs) Oh yeah. Look at that. It was June 12th. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, my bad. It's all it's all good. What a great I, I weekend got, for the sport of boxing. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta make sure I, I save my boy here. I can't have him looking crazy. There you go. Thanks, man. No problem. Always <laughs> making me uh keeping me from looking like a fool. Got, got you. I got you, man. You know? <laughs> Always. Hey, uh, new segment on the Chasing Points podcast. It's called Sucks to Suck. <laughs> when I hear this, I think of our mutual friend Pat McKeon. <laughs> who I used to work with for uh, years at radio station, one of my my partner in crime, really. Mm-hmm. And anytime something happened where the guy kind of deserved it, sucks to suck. So <laughs> that's where that comes from. There you go. Uh, hey, uh, you remember Clint Frazier? You're a Yankee fan. Uh, yeah, the guy that I thought was going to turn out to be something Red Rocket, as we named him. Yep. Uh, didn't want to shave his beard. Uh, allegedly asked the Yankees if he could wear the number seven. Um, I, I don't know if you know that. This I is a legend. That. Uh, but I think the number seven's retired for a reason. I could be wrong. Uh, he said in an article, and I don't know. Oh, it's the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, on Thursday or Friday, he said, you had to be a cookie cutter version to be on that team, meaning the Yankees. Uh, if not, you're really a bad distraction, it seemed like. So I don't miss being told uh, how to look and what to do for the last five years. Okay. That's fine. The Cubs were, uh, speaking of which, he was batting 216 uh, with no home runs, an RBI, and a stolen base in 45 plate appearances. He's probably hurt because he spent. Most of his Yankee career hurt. And then he, uh, the Cubs took on the Yankees in the Bronx this past weekend. And guess who made the trip to the Bronx and then got DFA'd? Um, I'm just going to assume Clint. Yeah. Sucks to suck, Clint. <laughs> that bat speed was unlike anything I've ever seen. But you got to stay on the field, man. Uh, shoot your shot, I guess, but have the stats to back it up 216 no home runs an rbi and a stolen base so again designated for assignment essentially means you're taken off of the 40 band roster and uh you have to be basically accept uh demotion to the minors or the team will trade you or have to release you within 10 days so if you can't make it on a team that is as bad as the chicago cubs i don't know wasn't that the team that he was traded from or he was basically DFA'd by the Yankees. No, no, signed. I'm saying when when we. Oh no, it was, it was the Indians. It was the Indians. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Glaber came from the Cubs. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um. Yeah. The Cubs evolved into somehow, some way. Hey, we're wrapping up uh, this podcast, but uh, we figured that we were going to do "Do You Care" this week, and then <laughs> something just came to our mind that we had to share. Uh, it is official after speculation. Uh, former Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett's going to replace Drew Brees as an analyst on Sunday Night Football for NBC. No, <laughs> already I would say no. I do not care, Sam. No. 
<laughs> absolutely do I have not. to watch? Absolutely not. No. That, no. <laughs> I, no. I, I sent that to a buddy. He thought it was a joke. He's a Cowboys fan. He thought it was a joke. So, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's real life. It's really real life. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, I don't know, man. You think of someone that's going to be on TV like that, just being charismatic, and I, he might kill it. He might. I mean, he's a smart dude, but he's so polarizing. I mean, a, a, any head coach for the Cowboys, any player for the Cowboys is polarizing within himself because of that fan base and the attention the team gets. But come on, man, he couldn't he couldn't do any any better? No, clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. That's all I got. What are you looking forward to this week, my friend? Well, you know I'm looking forward to the finals, right? That's definitely, definitely uh, number one. Um, looking forward to uh, celebrating Father's Day. Yes, sir. Well, happy Father's Day to you in advance. Um, also looking forward to celebrating Juneteenth. Uh, for those that are not aware of what Juneteenth is, it is the official day that people like myself, my ancestors in this country, actually got their freedom it's not the fourth of july for us um so i'm looking forward to celebrating that with friends and family um something that we haven't talked about in the show and we need to highlight and it ties into another thing that i'm looking forward to to doing and or seeing this week uh this year marks the 50th anniversary of title nine um which has changed the game allowing our female athletes to essentially do what we do as men athletes um, and play sports um, essentially. Right. Uh, So what I'm looking forward to is when you guys hear this Wednesday, a 30 for 30 comes on that I've been waiting for, for quite some time is called dream on, which is showing the 96 women's dream team. Uh, the Olympic team that won in Atlanta. Uh, it shows their whole trials and tribulations and how they essentially paved the way uh, for the Sabrinas, for the Diana Taurasi's, uh, the Sue Birds of the world uh, to play in the WNBA. Um, this, this essentially created that. Um, so I think that's a huge documentary. Is a uh, That was a monumental time in sports. Uh, so I'm 100% looking forward to that. It drops on Wednesday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, so look out for that. I definitely would suggest checking that out. So that's what I'm looking forward to, Sam. How there's about also, yourself? yeah, there's also a, a documentary called Unfinished Business, right? And that's going to, that's like the definitive like WNBA doc that, that's coming out because it's been the, you know, recently was the 25 year anniversary of um of the WNBA so yeah definitely excited to to see that it's father's day happy uh father's day to uh papa hayes for sure thank you um, i look forward to spending that day with my father and uh and uh hanging out so yeah uh totally a lot to a lot to celebrate and be thankful for this week for sure Amen. so yes ended on a when well, it on a high note there for Brandon, my name is Sam. Thanks so much for listening to chasing points podcast episode 60. Um, until next week, uh, make sure you're following us on chasing points podcast on, on Instagram, but, uh, until next week, we'll talk to you soon. Um, I got a beef. I come from New York, just like Sam. And I still 100% believe that we are the pizza capital of the country, maybe even the world. I'm not going to argue with Italy, uh, but, and especially not going to do it because of Sam here, uh, but I'm hearing the arguments that Detroit has overtaken New York, uh, that New Haven has taken over New York, so on and so forth. You guys got some great pizza, but, this is not about that rivalry right now. It's about you people that are eating pizza with a fork and knife. I have a super, 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 super problem with you eating your pizza with a fork and knife. The only people that should be doing that is kids uh, because they're kids. Um, but then you should be teaching them as their parents. 
that that doesn't happen after a certain age. After they get to like seven, they should not be eating their pizza with a fork and knife. Don't you look at me like that, Sam. Let me no, no. I was to say, is Detroit pizza the one where they put the the cheese on the or the sauce on the top? Um, that Detroit pizza. I there the it? uh Detroit style pizza is like it's almost like Sicilian. Yeah, uh, it's like that's the rectangle type thing. But yes, they sure. do put that on top as well, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, I Like, I've never had that. I've never had Chicago like deep dish pizza, but it's like lasagna. Like, that's not pizza, bro. Just say it. New Haven pizza is re- very good. It New is. Haven New pizza Haven is pizza very is really good. good. I've had Des- Detroit style pizza. I want to officially have Chicago pizza. My plan is going out there some point this summer to visit my my older sister. But uh, I will I will be the true sayer of it all, even though it doesn't really matter what I say to most people anyway, but um, back to you people that eat pizza with a fork and knife. If you are my friend and I ever see that, I will literally kick your pizza off the table and do not expect me to buy you another one. You should just get up and buy your own one and repeat and not eat your pizza with a fork and knife. You degenerate. I'm my done son- with you guys. Go ahead. Say what my you're son say. is four and he doesn't, use a fork and knife that should say that should speak in volumes <laughs> fools that are out here eating your pizzas like that you disgust me and i'm done bye <laughs>